0: I believe this will be our uh, last message in our little series we've done from time to time. We haven't done it every Sunday evening, but uh, throughout the last couple months, every now and then we'll do this um, on the lukewarm church. So we're focusing on Revelations 3 and the letter uh, to the angel of the church, the Laodiceans here. All right, Revelations 3. And let's read again, uh, 14 through 22. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold, refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with the eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice at the door, I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we ask for your help tonight as we come to a- another. Uh, lesson from the church of Laodiceans, and I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, uh, Father, to uh, come to it with open hearts and ready minds to receive uh, your word, and I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, uh, Lord, to uh, not be in a state of lukewarmness, but help us, Lord, to truly be in a state of zeal and passion for Christ. Uh, Lord, I just pray for that and help us, Lord, to be right with you in all of these things we uh, mentioned tonight. Help us, Lord, I pray, to be uh, right in the center of your will and holding fast, Lord, uh, the truth of the Word of God without compromise. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name, and amen. All right, Um, real quick, uh, this evening, just a, a, a brief... Uh, review of, of the messages we've done so far. Uh, one, we looked at how the, the lukewarm church uh, seems to have been the worst uh, of the churches spoken of in Revelation. Um, even as bad as some of them were, uh, there were still some posit- something positive said about every one of them, but not so with the lukewarm church. Nothing positive is said about it at all, even as bad as, as some of the things some of them had. Um, secondly, we've seen that the lukewarm church had a spirit of uh, self-sufficiency and independence. They said they didn't need anything, and so they see seen no need of the Lord either. And uh, uh, so a spirit of independence in the sense of um, they don't need anybody. And, and a lukewarm Christian uh, has that attitude, a spirit of independence, they don't need anybody, don't need the church, don't need the Lord, and just kind of do things our own way. And so we talked about that and even independent of Christ. Uh, thirdly, we've seen that the lukewarm church is a deceived church. Uh, they thought they were one thing when they were actually another. They said they were rich, but they were poor. They thought they could see, but they were blind. And so they are a deceived church, and so we, we talked about that, and that they measured spiritual success by carnal and temporal things. I mean, it was a rich church, uh, no doubt, um, but they were poor spiritually. Now, in this message, and and probably the final message we'll have, I want to bring uh, to you tonight, I want to do two main things. One mainly we'll look at is I want to see another trait of, of this lukewarm church. And secondly, in closing of the message, I, I want to encourage us to not be lukewarm and how to do that. Um, so here in, our, here in our next trait we want to talk about, it's up on uh, the, the PowerPoint there, is that the lukewarm church is a church that's in the middle. A lukewarm church is a church that's in the middle, um, so you can kind of see uh, the screen there. You got black, of course, representing bad. Red representing I couldn't use, really use white and use this screen very well. So red representing Jesus. Uh, words of red, and then there's the letters in white. Uh, the church in the middle, tr- trying to really be on the fence, trying trying to hold that middle ground, and um, that's where we don't want to be. All right. Um, the church in the middle. Um, Jesus tells them this. He says, you are not hot and you are not cold. You are lukewarm. And, and so that they're somewhere in between. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this already, but the, the town of Laodicea uh, actually got water from two different sources. And, and one of them was, a, was from a place that had really hot springs Another one was a place that really had cold springs, and, and they got their water from both places. And so when Jesus says lukewarm, they knew exactly what lukewarm was because that's what they got all the time because when those water sources came, you know, they didn't have a hot water faucet and a cold water faucet like we did, but when they met up, they were known, the city was known for having lukewarm water all the time. Um, that, that, that was the natural way that they got it. And so Jesus uses that to teach them something. Um, the, the lukewarm church, I believe, one, it plays to the middle. It's somewhere in between hot and cold. Um, in today's terminology, we, we, in, in some cases, we might say somewhere between, between the right and the left. <laughs> um, now, for the sake of illustration, I'll probably walk over this way a little bit tonight, and I might walk over this way a little bit tonight, because, <laughs> see, I'm right here in the middle, and so... Uh, For sake of illustration, I just think this will play out a little bit. And and so when I refer to the people, when I refer to the right over here, about you guys being, you know, the good, and you guys over here being the bad, don't take it personal tonight, okay? Sorry, Russ. Uh, Anyhow, and so when I go right to left, right being good and left being bad, I mean, that kind of fits anyway, right? Um, (laughs) And that's not a political statement, okay? Uh, But the Bible does say this. The Bible says, a wise man's heart is in his right hand, but his fool's heart at his left. And so, you know, there is that verse, all right? Um, anyhow, uh, th- just throw a, little, throw a little humor in there. But before we go, go further, th- there's some issues that are in, in life, in our Christian service. There, there's some issues. Nick changed sides. You see that he went from over there to over here. I, was that? <laughs> Nick, you always sit over there, and then all of a sudden I look up, you're over here. So he, he wanted to be right. He didn't want to be left, okay? It just depends on how you look at it, Nick. If you're looking at it from your direction, then now you're on the left. <laughs> um, but, um, anyhow, but before we go further, I, I want to make this clear. There, there are a lot of things that uh, we would say are personal preference in, in our Christian walk. There are things, uh, some issues are not spelled out in God's Word. They're not black and white, you know. Um, there are things that would fall under the heading of Christian liberty, Um, You know, those things that the scriptures aren't clear and it depends on our conscience and things like that. Uh, Some may be at liberty to do something while others are not, okay? Uh, There are those issues, and and we're taught in Romans 14, let each one be persuaded in their own mind. Um, But that's not what I'm talking about here. That's not what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, the, The lukewarm church tends to try and stay, and sometimes what we say, the gray area, you know, Uh, We we gotta be careful about that, Um, in regards to issues of morality, in regards and and the things that are black and white in the Word of God. Listen, the middle is very tempting for us. That's where we kind of probably want to be in the flesh, because if we try to stay in the middle, we can kind of, you know, make these people over here a little bit happy, and maybe make these people a little bit happy. You know. but when it when it comes to issues of morality, of right and wrong, there's a right and there's a wrong. In all reality, uh, when we try to be in the middle in regards of issues of morality, we're not really we're never going to make the ones that would be extreme immoral on the left happy. And listen, and we're in the middle, we're not going to make the ones on on the right happy. We need to be more concerned about where we line up, not with people on the left or people on the right, but where do we line up with God? Listen, because in all honesty, if we looked at it from a political side, okay, the right over the years, it's moved way over here. And so, so it's risen, this isn't a political message at all, Because we can't try to identify ourselves with a, with a certain party. Listen, I need to identify myself with Jesus Christ, who He is, what He says in His Word, and so I just wanted to make that clear. But the church that is in what we would say the gray area in regards to issues of morality is really being too influenced by the world, rather than them influencing the world. The Christian or church that is in, luke, in a lukewarm state—listen—we're never going to be happy in that state. We're never going to be a joyous people in the Lord while, while trying to please the world. Well, we, we got we got two sides. Uh, some, sometimes I think we have too much Jesus to be happy in the world and too much of the world to be happy in Jesus. L- listen, we need, we need all of Jesus. We need to only focus on uh, pleasing Him. Uh, sometimes Christians don't fit too well in the world, but listen, they're not fitting too well in with, with Jesus and His Word either. It's, and so the world or the Lord, I'm not, I don't like referring to left and right through the whole message because I don't want you to think it's all about where you stand in your politics, but we need to stand for what's right, and wherever that lands us, that's where it needs to land us. On, on issues of morality, we do not need to try and, and be in the middle. We don't. We don't. We shouldn't be trying to make one side or the other happy. Uh, we, we cannot choose a position so as to try and please the world uh, and the Lord at the same time. Any position that would at all please the world would not please the Lord, and so we have to pick sides here we have to there is a right and there is a wrong and sometimes we as christians we want to be somewhere in the middle we we want to you know lean one direction so as not to to appear uh, judgmental or or not to appear you know as hateful because uh, let's face it if you don't agree a certain way a lot of people would want to say well you're just you're, you're full of hate murder is always wrong whether it's inside the womb or outside the womb. It's always wrong. Sex outside of marriage is always wrong. <laughs> and marriage being one man and one woman, it, it's always wrong. There, there's no making it right. There's no middle ground in those statements. There, there's, there's nothing there. We cannot, we cannot celebrate a homosexual marriage anymore than we can celebrate someone who has committed adultery. Or could we celebrate someone that's, that's had an abortion? Well, we, we can't do that. Well, we, we are forced to choose sides more and more. This world is going to keep trying to pull us further and further to its side. And very quickly we'll find ourselves, you know, as the world tries more and more to pull us this direction, what we'll end up finding is we're actually standing totally against what is right. And so we got to be careful because the world will lead us. To, to one side, it will lead it to its, its side, to the devil's side, the God of this world. And so we got to be careful because what will happen eventually over a period of time, as we lean more to, to the world's direction, I'm gonna say the world's direction rather than the left so that you don't think this is all about politics, okay? Uh, the more we lean more towards the world's direction, the more we're going to find ourselves actually just di- being in more disagreement with the Lord. And, and, the, and the more that we try to try to make excuses or justify, immorality what we're doing is we're standing when we try to do that we're actually standing against morality when you're trying to make excuses for immorality say well you know it's how they were raised it's how they were taught You know." but I understand where they're coming from da, da, da. we make all kinds of excuses Well, maybe they were born that way we're making excuses for immorality Proverbs 17 15 says he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them are like abomination to the Lord. Some sins are called an abomination, right? Well, you seek to justify that sin, that's also called an abomination. You seek to be against those who would not justify that sin, that's an abomination. And so we've got to be careful. We must be a people through all of this that... As we choose completely what is right way over here in the center of the Lord's will, that, that we do it full of grace and truth, full of love and truth. But we do not love others by denying the truth or by belittling the truth. We can't do that. You know the the Bible is is, is constantly calling us to choose the side of the Lord. There's two sides in all of this. There's two sides. And the spiritual warfare that we're in. Ultimately, there's two sides. There's the Lord's side and there's Satan's side. <laughs> and, and sometimes I've heard people, you know, kind of put down because, well, they're just so black and white on issues. I tell you what, we need to get back to that a little bit more. Where we're a little bit more black and white on issues. There is the Lord's side, there's the devil's side, there is good, and there is evil. There is that which is just and unjust. The Bible doesn't talk about things in between there. And Jesus makes it clear that we have got to be on one side or the other. We've got to serve one side or the other. What does Jesus say in, in Matthew six twenty four? He says, no one can serve what? Two masters. There's only two masters. We're either going to serve the Lord or we're going to serve Satan. He says, for either he will hate the one, there's the word hate, he's going to hate the one and love the other, right? Or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. To lean too far to the world side, you, you hate the Lord. We, we, we cannot, he said, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve both. You cannot serve the Lord and the God of this world. Mammon being money, basically. Being mammon, being money, the, the, the temporal things of this life. I think another word that would describe this lukewarm church is, is compromise. You know, Webster defines because it's trying to stay in the middle, uh, while trying to be white, <laughs> but yet leaning, trying to be in the middle. Webster defines compromise as amicable agreement between two parties or between parties in controversy to settle their differences by mutual concessions. Now, if you're, just, if you're just talking about, you know, business partners doing this or that, trying to find a way through, you know, business transactions, I mean, that's fine. But when you're talking about issues of morality, issues that are thus saith the Lord, or thou shalt not, or thou shalt, listen, there, there is no mutual concession. It says to make a mutual agreement, an adjustment. We, listen, that, that's, that's what's been wrong with Christianity and, and the church as a whole. We've been, as, as the world goes further and further crazy, we're making adjustments. The, the world's getting way over here, and we're making adjustments to where now, you know, we're way over here. I mean, where, where we can be now and what we believe right and wrong, you know, 30 years ago, we would be, you know, Maybe right here, but now, I mean, we're way over here. I mean, we're we're so we're so messed up because we're making adjustments based upon how far the world is this way, rather than focusing on Christ and where He would have us to be. We can't adjust our morality to the culture. We can't adjust our morality to what the world says is hate. We can't adjust our culture to what the world defines as right and wrong. If it's right, it's right. I mean, if it's clear in the Word of God, we've got to stand for that and be clear about that. And so, so when it comes to the clear truth of God's Word, whether it's an issue of morality or a clear teaching that is a clear eternal consequence when you're talking about uh, salvation, when you're talking about the deity of Christ, look, we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't change on those things. These things are of eternal consequence. I, I can't give a little. But you know, but, but that kind of church, it, it, they do have some good people, they do some good things, but they don't believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. They don't believe in who Christ is. It doesn't matter how moral they are. They might even stand with you in regards to morality, but they deny the deity of Christ. They might be very zealous in what they do, like the Jehovah Witnesses or the Mormons. but listen, they're off on who Jesus is. And that's one truth we can't change on. That's one truth we, we can't we can't cater to that. We, we can't make adjustments to that. We cannot and must not make concessions. We, we cannot make adjustments. And 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 a church may do some good things in the community uh, of different churches, but yet maybe they're off on salvation. They say, but we're saved by works. It's our good things that get us to heaven. I can't make adjustments. I can't make concessions on it. Well, they're pretty good people. They talk about the name of Jesus but they do really believe a work salvation. I can't make adjustments to accept that. We've got to stand clear over on the Lord's side. We must be gracious in all of our dealings, whether we're talking about talking to people about issues of morality or standing for the truth in the Word of God. We must be loving and kind, and we can do all of that and not move. We can do all of that and be clear over in the center. We, we don't have to make adjustments in order to try to make ourselves more acceptable. But that's the temptation. Why? Because we want to be liked. It, if I had a church on this side that was all in agreement on one thing over here, and they were totally agreement on something else over here, as a pastor, where's my temptation going to be? It's going to be to try to be right down the middle so, to make, so as to make everybody happy. In some things you might be able to try to do that in order to make agreement, but not when it comes to issues of what was literally spelled out in the Word of God or right or wrong. If we're arguing about the color of the carpet and one people want, you know, uh, red and another one wants white, I might have to go with pink in order to make an adjustment. <laughs> oh, please don't do that to me. <laughs> That's not that much a consequence. But if we're split down the middle and it's an issue of morality... There's no adjustment I can make to make one family happy, one group happy, any person happy. I've got to stand with God and His Word. And it's tough. We want peace. We want unity. We want togetherness in the Lord's church. We want that between us and others. I I want everybody to like me. I've always wanted everybody to like me. I I was a class clown, whether you knew that or not. Uh, I really liked to be funny in school. I like to make people laugh. Um, I like people to like me. Most people. It's tough. We, we want that. We want peace between us and others. And we want to bring peace into that relationship maybe where, where, where we want peace with, with somebody that, that, that's, that's wrong. And so we, we, we try to change a little bit where we're at just to make a little bit of peace. The Lord doesn't do that. There's only one thing that can, be, that can bring true peace, or one person, and that is Jesus Christ. He alone can truly bring peace. And Jesus does not make peace by changing His standard. He didn't make peace between us and Him by changing the law. He didn't make peace between us and Him by changing uh, morality at all. He did not do that at all. He made peace by going to the cross and to the sacrifice of Himself. He makes peace through the cross and He makes peace by changing those who are at enmity with Him. He's not the one that changes. He changes us. And we have a Jesus being presented in this world today as a Jesus that just gets us and we're all, He's all okay with us. We need a Jesus who will change us from what we are. So, so Jesus, in, in bringing us to peace, He doesn't change and 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 we we can't change we can't change where what the word of god says to make it more acceptable palatable to the world again i don't think we should be angry and mad in the sense of you know yelling and screaming but we do need to be firm and stand now not not only and I, and this next thing we'll talk about not only does the lukewarm church maybe try to be on the gray area in issues of morality and try to make excuses to try to make people happy, but I believe that the lukewarm church also here is represented as one that could possibly be right on morality, but has no passion or zeal in it. And so there's really two issues here. One, we need to be right. Not over here in the middle. We need to be right. Don't make concessions. But two... We need to have some passion and zeal about what we believe, and I think as part of what has been mentioned here, um, the, the the person or church might have a be right on truth, but are, are, do we have passion for truth? Do we have passion for the souls of men? So, so a lukewarm church may not change sometimes what it believes about morality. So, and because I want to take this further, not only should we be over here in the center of what is right in the Lord's word and stand firm for it but we need to have some passion and zeal about that thing too. And listen, th- those that are way off on issues of morality, they lift their voices. We, we need to speak up with the right, in the right way. And so we want to be right, but as well have some passion and, and, and zeal. And, and so the lukewarm church might be red hot for truth, but yet be cold and holding to that truth. I mean, they don't sway at all. But at the same time, they're just no passion. Here are some of the things that, that Spurgeon said about the lukewarm church. And if you can't uh, say amen, say ouch, because I had to say it a few times myself. He said, they have prayer meetings, but there are few present, for they like quiet evenings at home. He said, when more attend the meetings, they are still very dull, for they do their praying very deliberately and are afraid of being too excited. He said, they are content to have all things done decently and in order, but vigor and zeal are considered to be vulgar. They, ha- they may have schools, Bible classes, preaching rooms, and all sorts of agencies, but they might as well be without them, for no energy is displayed and no good comes of them. He said, the pastor does not fly very far in preaching the everlasting gospel, and he certainly has no flame of fire in his preaching. He said, the pastor may be a shining light of eloquence, but he certainly is not a burning light of grace setting men's hearts on fire. He said, Everything is done in a half-hearted, listless, dead, and alive way, as if it did not matter much whether it was done or not. I like that one, and I didn't. He said, The right things are done, but as to doing them with all your might and soul and strength, a Laodicean church has no notion of what that means. Yeah, we're doing the right thing, but where's the vigor? Where's the zeal? Where's the passion? He said they are not so cold as to abandon their work or to give up their meetings for prayer or to reject the gospel. So, saying, yeah, they're staying kind or right, but boy, they just, they just, they just don't have that passion, that zeal. So, basically put, they're, they're, they aren't necessarily doing anything bad. But neither are they getting much done either, because they just don't have much passion for what is good and what is godly. There's no zeal, no vigor, no passion for Christ, no passion for right, no passion for righteousness and His Word. Now, let me go on here because I believe all of us can fall into that state at many various times in our life. You know, we're trying to figure out where we stand at on issues, and we find ourselves. You know, I'm. Maybe I'm a little too far over here, and maybe I need to move over here. And we, we struggle with that. And that's natural. We're all going to do that. I mean, relationships get in the way. Sometimes emotions get in the way. And it's so tempting to just want to come over this direction so as to please people and make people happy. And we, we can't do that. We, we, we have to still stand for what's right. And so we've all struggled with that. And, and, and so, but hopefully we come out on, on the right side. And so I'm not saying this in a self-condemning way. Listen, we all have our struggles. Or we're all, you know, we, we, might, we might be one of those people that say, I've never wavered on that issue. I've never wavered on that issue. I know the truth of that. I haven't changed a bit. I'm still right there with the Word of God. Okay, but <laughs> do we have some zeal for Christ still? A passion for truth. A passion for right. Tempered by grace and tempered by love. But let me, so let me give you, all of us, a word of encouragement to not be lukewarm, whether, no matter what of those we we may be at times, to, to not be that person in the middle, whether it's issues of morality or teachings of truth, or to be that person that is just really just not very excited about the things of the Lord at all. Maybe you stand well on those issues of morality. Maybe you are fixed upon what is right concerning who God is, who man is, the way of salvation, the church, and all kinds of issues but sadly you might recognize you're kind of lukewarm you're without zeal you're without passion getting excited about the things of God and that's not you and because of such and because of such you do not even consider telling other people or proclaiming to other people the truth because it's not that big of a deal you know, Leah, you believe truth, but it just doesn't burn in your soul where you need to tell people what is right. You're not moved by it in any way. What then is the remedy to help us to be in the right place, stand for what is right, for truth, with some zeal and passion? Well, I think the Lord gives us the answers in this church of Laodicea. Very simply and very quickly, I think you need to know something tonight. Say, preacher, I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, preacher, I think the lukewarm has been me. I think I've tried to play the middle too much on issues of morality, or maybe it's, you say, this is me, preacher, I don't think I've changed on issues of morality, but, but man, my heart is cold. Maybe not cold, but lukewarm. I, I'm just not, just know I'm not where I need to be. It's like I know all this stuff's going on out there in the world, but I really don't care. I don't tell anybody, I don't talk about it, I don't try to stand up against it, I don't try to speak out against it. I just, I just don't. There's, there's no passion there, no zeal. Well, that's not a good state to be in. The Lord doesn't like it, right? It makes Him sick when we're like that. And I think that if we get a good glimpse of it, it should make us sick too. I've been sick of myself many times. <laughs> Haven't you ever been sick of yourself? Like, Oh, it makes me sick that I've, I've been thinking like that. You know. Well, let me give you some good news tonight, church, and, and child of God, that, that maybe that, that's where you feel like you, you've been lately know that even this, as sick as this made Jesus, he said something so important to them that I think probably warmed some of their hearts. We don't know the response of the individuals there, but I I just really believe that some of them had to respond the right way. At least I hope they did. What did he do to try to warm their hearts? He said, verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke. Oh, you mean when you love somebody, you might rebuke them and tell them that they're wrong? Yes, that's what Jesus did. And if you're reading the Word of God tonight and you've seen this and you felt ouch, 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 I think that might be me. Maybe I've moved too far you know, towards the world. Uh, maybe I haven't, but boy, I have no passion. Listen, why does the Lord show us these things? Why does He show us that, hey, we're a little bit lukewarm right now? He says, I, I, I t- I'm showing you this tonight because I love you. I love you. As many as I love, I rebuke. And secondly, secondly, know this. One, know that Jesus is showing you because He loves you. Two, know that you can change. You don't have to stay in the middle. Or or you don't have to stay lukewarm. You don't have to be without passion. We can begin to have a different mindset. We we can change from the direction we've been going. We can repent and go back to uh, the right side. We can do that. And that's what he says. He says, many as I love, I rebuke. And he says, therefore be zealous and repent. So change, just just change. Ask the Lord to help you to get the right mindset, to go the right direction, to no longer be in the middle, to choose the right side. Thirdly, do not reject what the Lord is showing you. I mean, listen to what the Lord is showing you. If He's showing you this tonight, listen to what He's showing you. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, don't shut the Lord out. If He's showing you these things as a child of God, one, know He loves you. Two, know you can change. And three, don't reject Him. Don't reject Him. And, and, and listen to what He's saying. Listen to what He's showing us. And, and get on the right side of things. And be passionate for the Lord. And four, and I think this goes, it's so funny how all this works out. This goes right back to what our theme is this year. He says, anyone who opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him. This speaks of intimacy. Speaks of intimacy with the Lord. Listen, you you want you want to fight against lukewarmness. You want to fight against being a compromising Christian in your life. You want to fight against trying to please the, the world and trying to please you know Christians at the same time. Listen, it's not about pleasing the world. It's not about pleasing Christians. It's about pleasing the Lord. You want you want to be delivered from that. I, I, don't, I don't want to. I don't want to have a ministry where I'm trying to to, to please the church. I'm trying to please other Christians. The Christians maybe look up to, the Christians don't look up to. I want to, I want to please the Lord. That's where you got to have focus. But, 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 but listen to this. I, I think that the key here is learning to, 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 to abide in Christ. That intimacy. He says, if any man wants it, he says, he can, I will come into him and dine with him. Here's the good news. It doesn't matter if the whole church is lukewarm. It doesn't matter if the whole church is trying to live in a gray area or, or, or is just you know, lukewarm without passion. We we can blame the church for where we're at, where we're at. Or we can or we can accept what the Lord says and says, "If any man singular, if any man will listen, I will come in and dine with him." You don't have to be lukewarm. I don't have to be lukewarm because other people are lukewarm. I don't have to be lukewarm because you are. You don't have to be lukewarm because I am. The whole church can be lukewarm. But you don't have to be. If any man singular will open up to me and come, I will come in and dine with him and sit with him. There's that intimacy there. Listen, we all have that as children of God. We have the capability to sit down with Christ, to abide with Christ. This, listen, when we sit down with Jesus, our hearts are warmed. And I, I remember I brought this out in, in, I think, one of the first messages that, that as, as the two that walked on the road to Emmaus and they sat where they were walking with Jesus and walking with Jesus there, and he's opening the scriptures unto, unto them, what did, did they say after he left? Did not our hearts burn when he opened to us the word? Listen, that intimacy with Christ, listen, you want to, it's so simple. If you want to not be lukewarm, make sure you're just being intimate with Christ. Sit down with Him. He will warm your heart. And then when you go out there in the world, He will help you to stand where you need to stand. He'll put you in the right place and give you the right attitude with it. I love that John 15, you know, with abiding in Christ. But if you read the whole chapter... There, there, there is, there is an abiding in Christ, our relationship to Christ. Then he talks about our relationship to one another. And then later on in the chapter, he talks about our relationship to the world. Go back, read that this week, and see those three different relationships he focuses on. Listen, when we get our relationship right with Christ, and we sit with Christ, abide with Christ, our relationship with one another will be right, and we will figure out how to walk in this world too. It's confusing times we live in. It, it just is. I try not to fault too many people for where they stand at times because I might have stood there at one time and hopefully if it was wrong, I've changed. We've got to be patient with each other, forgiving to one another. But listen, I want to, if we want to stand where it's right, we've got to be a people who, who are walking in the Word and, and abiding in Christ. That will put us in the right place. And I guarantee you this, it won't be the middle. It won't be the middle. Not on issues of morality. It won't. But it will put us on the right side of things. But if you're walking with Christ, it will also give you His joy, His peace, His long-suffering, His gentleness, His goodness, His meekness, His temperance, along with that. Because we do need that, right? We do need that. Jesus Christ, full, full of grace and full of truth. We need both. It's not a matter of letting one down to pick up the other. We need both. May God help us not to be that lukewarm. I don't want to be, and I know you don't either. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us, Lord, I pray, Lord, to listen to the words of your son Jesus and help us, Lord, to not be lukewarm Christians and to not be a lukewarm church in any way, form, or fashion. Father, help us to have... Uh, some zeal for truth. The Lord Jesus said, the zeal of of your house has eaten him up. Father, help us to have a zeal for the house of God, a zeal for truth, a zeal for what's right. And Lord, let us not listen to the world that would try to label those who are zealous for truth, Lord, as, as something to be despised or vulgar. Father, help us to have the right zeal for the right thing. And and Father, help us, I pray, to stand in the right place on morality. Father, help us, Lord, I pray, to be fashioned by your word and by what it teaches and by what you say is right and wrong. Help us never justify the wicked and help us never to condemn the just. Help us to stand for truth and righteousness. Father, I pray for your help. Deliver us from lukewarmness. Our world does not need a lukewarm Christians. This world needs Christians who are on fire for Christ, who trumpet the truth with grace, integrity, with faith and holiness. This world needs the truth. And you've given it to us. Help us to proclaim it. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen.